Tee up. It's time for the Blind Golf Canada podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Golf Canada podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Nelson. He's your other host, Darren Duma. How are you doing, buddy? Great, Jerry. Thanks. How about yourself? Good, good. Golf season is nearly here. It's right around the corner, and yes, we are getting very excited. Hey, before we bring our guests in and introduce them, I want to uh, send a shout-out to a lady over in Austria by the name of Karen Becker. And Karen is a lady golfer from Austria, a blind lady golfer. She's also on the IBJ Board of Directors, but I was speaking with Karen by telephone uh, the other evening and she was saying that she was listening to the Blind Golf Canada podcast on the YouTube channel on her computer so uh, I thought right on we now have listeners in Austria as well as of course Canada, North America, uh, Costa Rica, England, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Australia, the, the podcast is getting out there. It's it's getting around. So uh, I was pretty happy when Karen said that she was listening to it as well. It's great. Other people want to listen to us, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, I'm, uh, I'm Jerry. He's Darren. We've got Mark behind the scenes who always makes us look good and sound good. Thank you, Mark. And it is our absolute pleasure to introduce our guests today. Pierce and Julie Maroney. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Jerry and Darren. Thanks, Jerry. It's our pleasure doing this. Good, good. So tell us a little bit about Pierce and Julie. Uh, are you both from Ireland? No, I'm a Manitoba girl. I was born and raised on a farm in southwestern Manitoba. We moved to Victoria, B.C. in 73, and I started university in 74. And lo and behold, there was an Irishman in 1975 who came over from Ireland to do postgraduate work. And that's where I met Pierce, and that's where our life, our love affair began. Awesome. So, Pierce, what, what year did you come to Canada to stay? So what happened was, Jerry, we, um, we got married in 77, and um, I got a job in Ireland. So we stayed in Ireland for approximately 40 years, raised our children there. And uh, I was getting close to retiring. I mean, I still worked up till COVID times. I worked part-time, but in 2012, I kind of retired, semi-retired. So we said we'd come to uh, Victoria because Julie's mother was quite elderly and give her some time before she um, moved on to the next life. I came in 2012. Okay. But in between times, I was... I've been going back and forth, you know. I was going to say, you uh, you tend to go back and forth quite a bit, do you not? Yes, yes. We have um, a daughter and a grandson in Dublin. So, um, yeah. And I was also working, i say, up till uh, March 2020 when COVID came in. I used to do a bit of consulting in the environmental area. Great, great. Julie, I, I have to know, Ireland or Canada? I fell in love with Ireland when I lived there. I really did. It's, it's, it's a wonderful country, and um, but I've really settled back in Canada now. Um, funny, for 40 years, I kept waiting for summer. I was an optimist. I kept waiting for summer to come and waiting for summer to come. So it's lovely having the Canadian summers at last because they never really came in Ireland. 
Right, right. Well, I have to say, when we were over there in 2019 for the Vision Cup, it's just a wonderful place to visit. And, of course, we were at Port Marnock in Dublin, or just outside of Dublin, rather. And, uh, oh, what a what a fabulous week. It was uh, It was absolutely wonderful. So, Julie, if I may, can you fill us in a little bit on your eye condition, what it is, when did you start having problems, noticing that something was wrong with your eyes, or have you always had your condition? No, it was 2008 that I noticed there was something going wrong with with my vision. And um, I used to be a tennis player. And we lived in the southwest of Wexford, and I had a good friend who was an optician down there. So I went down to Regina, and I said, there's something going on. And she was very coy. She said, oh, I think I'm just going to send you to a specialist. And that was the start of it. She didn't, she didn't, um, she was very, very um, sensitive. sensitive about what was happening. So I went to a sensitive, uh, to a specialist, and... Um, that's that was the but she was a sensitive specialist yeah yeah well she was an optician yeah she was an optician and she um okay referred me to a consultant and um that was the start of it and within my family all my relatives kept saying oh where did this come from you know we don't know of anything like that but it turns out it is a genetic um form of um stargarts i think late late onset stargarts were you a serious tennis player? Yes. Yeah, I loved. I actually, that was my probably preferred game. I always mm. dabbled a bit in golf, but yeah, tennis would have been my preferred sport. Would you say that, oh, I'll save that question for later. Darren, you had one you wanted to ask. Yeah, and the question that we always ask is, uh, how did you hear about blind golf? And uh, how long have you been uh, playing? Well, I'm going to leave this one to Pierce because he was the one who <laughs> discovered it. <laughs> Ah, well, I, I think um, Julie got in touch through the CNIB with a lady called uh, Susan Flanagan. She's used to be with—I don't know where she is anymore. We haven't heard from her lately, but she was with um, BC Blind Sports, and she put Julie in touch with this in a um, dragon boat racing crew, where fifty percent of the crew were—I don't know if you guys are aware of dragon boat racing. There's a crew of about twenty-four in. And 50% of the crew were uh, blind or limited vision. So Julie got involved with that in 2018 and did the summer with them. So Susan then mentioned that there was you know, blind tennis and blind golf. And I'm sure she gave us Darren's uh, email address. So we co- I contacted Darren and he gave me a guy called Doug Stoutley's um, number and we called Doug. I think we played a round or two of golf with Doug and he assessed Julie for her handicap. And then we got in touch with Darren and signed up for the 2019 Western Canadians in Creston. So that's how it started with blind golf, you know. So uh, you're going to be in your fourth year. (laughs) Yes, unfortunately, COVID kind of skypered a lot of stuff, you know. Um, I really enjoyed the Westerns. In, in the Kootenays. It was just a fantastic experience. And then, boom, COVID the next year. But I'm dying to get back to some competitive competitive golfing. Darren, did you have another part to your question? Yeah, I was just going to note that uh, Susan Flanagan's still with BC Blind Sports and um, the Dragon Boating. We're actually going to feature that in um, June out in Vancouver for our BC 
summer sports days. So that's one of our features that we're all going to try. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Susan will likely be out as well. So the other part of the question was, um, if uh, you were involved in the golf, have you uh, golfed previously? And uh, and how long, if so, have you been golfing? Um, oh, gosh, probably about 40 years. Uh, my dad was a golfer, and we used to, you know, hit balls down the lane on the farm. So I probably always could hit a ball. But um, probably Pierce and I, when we would go on holidays in the early years, we would always take golf clubs and play a few few um, golf courses and um, of course when the kids came along that kind of slowed things down and once the kids got bigger I joined some clubs and played competitive golf um, before the vision started going so yeah I, I've had quite a bit of experience yeah good good I know you travel a lot back and forth to Ireland as you said do you, do you take vacations elsewhere yeah we're well, we've been pretty fortunate, you know, we've been able to um, explore a lot of the world. I mean, Judy was into walking. She did Mitchell Pitcher Trail and the um, Camino in Spain. Northern Spain. And uh, similarly, I'm a big rugby fan, Jerry, you know. So I've gone to the last uh, three World Cups, New Zealand, England and Japan. And this year we're, we're going to the World Cup in France the Rugby World Cup, and we're also going to Italy for a bit of a cycling holiday. So I don't think Julie would be doing much Oh, wonderful. <laughs> we're lucky, you know. I'm carrying the suitcases. <laughs> then. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. We're lucky. Yeah. How would you rate, as husband and wife, how would you rate your player guide relationship? Excellent, Jerry. Excellent. Now that you've been at it for for. <laughs> few years and Pierce is the one I can attest to that because we played together didn't we at, at the Vision Cup yeah no Pierce we were paired to and, and we yeah he's a good we, we even got a point that day so it was <laughs> it was a good day we'll talk yeah. about the Vision Cup a little further in the show Pierce is a fantastic guide um, probably because I played so much golf with him over the last 45 years um, he knows my game and he knows my weaknesses. Um, he knows that I have a big phobia about water. I'm a magnet for water. And he would he would, he would kind of be really calm and stay me clear. And he very often doesn't tell me there might be water in the picture. Just so I don't. One, one thing I noticed that day was, was definitely the communication. And I noticed at times, Julie, you know, the nerves were kicking in uh, a little bit, and Pierce seemed to really be able, be able to just steady you, settle you right, right down. And I thought you guys worked really, real, really well together, communicated very, communicated very well together, and uh, it was a pleasure to uh, to be on your team and play with you that day. I have to say, likewise, you carried us, Julie. Likewise, Jerry. Um, sometimes I wish he would tell me a little bit more, but I think he has his reasons for not, you know. <laughs> I find it works this way. They tell us when we don't want to know stuff, and they don't tell us when we do want to know stuff. Like, you'd think, you know, by now they should be able to read our minds, right, Darren? That's right. <laughs> 
We, your, your coach has to be able to read your mind. It, you have to communicate. There's, there's no two ways about it for sure. And you guys, I thought, do it very, very well. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, we find out sometimes a little bit of loggerheads on the putting green, you know. I mean, I thought that was the one part of the golf game I really loved was trying to read a putt. And uh, when Pierce gets it wrong, I tend to blame him, which is really daft because. <laughs> ah. So is is that why you're at loggerheads is is over the reading of well, the putt I mean, or perhaps the distance or what is it? There's so many things that can go wrong with putting. You can turn your angle a little bit, but anyway, um, yeah, I tend to blame him when I miss it, but it's probably mostly my fault, but that's just a world's Got to blame somebody. <laughs> You've been recently introduced to the women in golf, and Jerry just brought up uh, Karen Becker earlier, who for the international blind golf has been promoting women in golf. And I think you uh, had a little bit of experience with that and, and are one of our ladies that represent women in golf. So just wanted to get a little bit of insight on uh, how that's been going and how the experience has been. We basically stumbled across blind golf. I feel it's really, really important to get it out to as many people as possible that there is such a thing. And I was a speaker on that. And it was lovely talking to some women. There was one lady in Nova Scotia and she said, oh my God, the, the, the Canadians are going to be there. I will go up and watch it. You know, so it's just getting the word out that these events, this, this possibility is there for people. And uh, I'm doing my best, you know. Julie, we are we are so glad that you are a part of that. And I know the hard work that it takes. And, and Karen as well. Karen does a wonderful job representing women in golf. And let's face it, we need more lady golfers anywhere and everywhere. Uh, especially in blind golf, the ladies, unfortunately, are so underrepresented and uh you know it would be nice to have as many lady golfers as uh as we do men and uh that'll take a little while to get to that point but it's it's nice to know that ladies like you and karen are are working on that so uh that's good we definitely need more ladies oh absolutely absolutely and I try and emphasize that it is a sport that you can play into later life. I mean, tennis was given up a long, long time ago for me, but golf is something um, that you can you can do for a lot of years. And I'm completely inspired by the blind golfers like you, Jerry, who who have no sight at all. I just I I, I think it's just fantastic. It's it's great to be able to do it. Uh, you know, it, it's just uh, for, for so many reasons. Now, Julie, um, the Vision Cup, we talked about it earlier. And last September, we had the joy and the pleasure of playing the Vision Cup at TPC Sawgrass. And North America actually won for the first time. But uh, backing up a little bit, the Vision Cup committee had recently increased the ladies from one per team to a second lady on on each team and uh i don't know if you know this julie or not but you are the first 
lady Canadian blind golfer ever to play on a Vision Cup team. I actually wasn't aware of that, Jerry. I just feel so long. Yeah. Yeah. So you you are the, the very first one. So, uh, and Pierce, too, feel free to join in. Uh, give me your take on that week and the level of competition and the venue we were at. Uh, what what are some general thoughts around the Vision Cup at Sawgrass? Probably a once-in-a-lifetime experience, um, let alone played on such a championship course. I mean, that was absolutely fantastic. A little intimidating, but fantastic. But um, the level of competition, it was just so much fun. I mean, Gray Cooper, the captain of the North American team, he just... He was just fantastic at, at motivating us and and um, getting there. And it was tough. I found the heat and the humidity um, pretty exhausting, but it was it was just just so amazing. I mean, I kept going through these aha moments. I play in sawgrass, you know. It was a once in a lifetime experience, definitely. Yeah, what did you think, Pierce? Yeah, it was wonderful. I was, um, you know, we had a great week. You know, I met a few friends of mine down there. I met you guys again. Always enjoy your company, Darren and Jerry, you know, and a couple of the other lads and girls from the... I was amazed that it was so competitive. I couldn't believe some of the uh, rivalries, you know. I just was amazed at that. But it was beautiful at the end, like everybody got together and, you know, that was it, you know. In, in four previous uh, versions of the Vision Cup, uh, North America had never won it. Uh, we tied one year, but because Team World had held the cup, uh, the previous Vision Cup, they got, they got to keep it or, or retain it. So I think we were, we were pretty hungry going in this time. And uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty amazing week, I have to say. And uh, did you watch the Players' Championship on TV last weekend? Unfortunately, we had planned to do it, but we got signed, <laughs> sidelined by other, other stuff. Yeah, and I don't, um, you know, it's funny, Jerry, since the, uh, the old Liv and the, um, the PGA split, I kind of lost a bit of interest in golf. You know, I just think the, the professionals have become very greedy. And um, we had planned to watch it. I, I do this thing called the Players' Pool with a bunch of people. And after the second day, I had Matt Fitzpatrick. He was, my, he was plus 22. So I was out of the money immediately. I lost interest completely there. But I, I would have loved to see him. I think you know, there's one thing I loved, the little videos that came out at the end of the, the thing. Um, somebody sent one with you guys on it. And then Judy was on the uh, 17th. And she hammered the ball into the water on the, off the green on the far side. But she came back and sank the putt from about 30 feet. It was an incredible putt. Have the hole with um, Charnane, you know it? Yeah, yeah. You did better than I did, Julie, because I hammered mine in the water straight away and uh, barely made the, the second shot from the drop area to get it, get it onto the green, so... Good, good for you. Speaking of the professionals, my son Wyatt last weekend, who was down there with me, and he played uh, in the Pro-Am in the scramble on my team, and we actually won it that day out of all the teams that were competing on that Pro-Am scramble. And he sent me a text and he says, Dad, what do you and me and Scotty Scheffler have in common? 
and I texted him back. I said, what? And he said, we all won a tournament at Sawgrass. <laughs> I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was, <laughs> that was pretty cute. It's yeah, not sure. quite the same level of competition, well, but yeah. The, yeah. the little bugger, he, uh, he got closest to the pin. He hit it to eight feet on that hole no, my blood. and one closest to the pin that day. It's something else. Yeah. Uh, I, I, in two rounds, I still have yet to hit that green. Yeah. So I have to go back. I was just going to say I uh, watched the players all weekend and I was looking at that beautiful course and thinking of the opportunity you guys had to play. And I was so happy for you and envious. And uh, I just looked at the rough they were playing in and I was hoping to God you guys didn't have that kind of rough uh, the time that you were there in September because those guys were having a heck of a time out there. So, but uh, great experience for you guys all. Well, it was pretty wicked when we were there too, wasn't it, Julie? It's, it was tough grass. It was tough grass, but I was a bit more concerned that there could be crocodiles and all that water. Well, we had a scorekeeper one day that uh, she told us she had been bit by a rattlesnake on that course. She was reaching into tall grass to, to look her, get her ball, and in a split second she saw the head of the snake, it bit her in the arm, and it was gone like it was never even there. I'm glad I didn't know that story. <laughs> I think you've pretty much uh, covered this next question, but what's the overall experience been in blind golf so far? Well, when I started losing my sight, I kind of threw the golf clubs in the corner of the garage, and I suggested to Pierce that he might put them up on used Victoria and sell them. And um, when he came across blind golf... He said, let's go out and try this, because I was going out golfing with him, and it was just getting so frustrating, and part of it was I don't think Pierce realized the level of my vision loss, and I was just getting very frustrated. But when I realized there was something to reach for, um, we went out, and he became more help, and um, I, I, I just can't wait to get out this summer and play, play some competitions. And it's lovely reuniting with with other blind, the blind golfers and reconnecting with them every year. Can't wait. It's really like a big family out there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just given me a new lease of life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we are a, a big family out there. And so that brings me to my next question is what's next for you in 2023 on the, the blind golf circuit? I'll get my um, secretary to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> the scheduler. Yeah, the schedule. Um, yeah, so the weather here hasn't been very uh, amenable, very cold this year. So I, I, you played once, have you? I played once. Yeah. And then we're play, I think we're playing tomorrow, playing nine holes tomorrow. So as regards blind golf, well, we plan to do disability, the disability uh, outing in McCreary in Vancouver, Darren, I think you're organizing that, aren't you, in June? I'm a part of it, yes, so yeah, that'll so be great. Uh, we'll be there for that. And then we go to Saskatchewan, Jerry's country, and play the Western. Well, we, we had planned to do Nova Scotia this year, but we, as I said, we have to go to Ireland and France in the end of September. So rather than go to Nova Scotia... The Irish Blind Golf is open in the middle of September, is on the middle of September, and we plan to do that one. The Irish Blind Golf Championship is on in uh, outside Dublin, so that's our plan for this year, you know? Yeah. When we get toward the end of the podcast, we'd like to do a few little rapid-fire questions. 
I'm just going to answer, ask you some short little questions. You can give me some short little answers, and uh, we'll just have a little bit of fun with this. Uh, what's your favorite club in the bag, in your bag? I think my favorite club is the seven iron, because if I start getting rattled, I pull the seven iron out, and it pulls me back into confidence again. Right on. Pierce, what about you? But Jerry, I was hoping you were going to ask me what's the, my favorite hole in TPC. My favorite hole was the 19th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's uh, a few people, I think, like that hole. I, I actually, I, I like the pitching wedge, um, you know, because I'm very accurate with it, you know. So that's, you know, I could from about 100 yards to 110 yards, I'm pretty much confident I can get bang on all the time. And it's a nice, easy club to hit, Absolutely, too, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so that's the one, yeah. Your favorite course that you have ever played, most favorite course you've ever played? My favorite course would be Druid's Glen, which is south of Dublin. It's a parkland course. They've had the Irish Open on it four times, I think. Spectacular, beautiful golf course. Do you have one, Pierce? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, you know, any golf course sure beats working, but... Um... There's a course we played uh, once, just once, and I'd probably never play it again. It's called uh, Coeur d'Alene. It's in Idaho. I've heard of it, yeah. We went there about four years ago for the weekend, and um, oh, it's just a wonderful... They, they've no, like, on the course, you have to take a caddy. They've no uh, markings on the course at all. They don't tell you how far it is out from the greens. But they have one green, it's called a floating green, and they keep it at about 180 yards, and they move it this way and that way. But you had to take it to the boat out to it. It's incredible, you know? Yeah, that would be a pretty unique experience. All the places that you folks have been, do you have a favorite country to play golf in? Well, I think my favorite would be the USA. I mean, we played in... Sawgrass was just, just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Mm. Yeah, that would be my one. We lived in Virginia as well in 2001 and 2002, and um, I played golf there. And uh, so we played a little bit, bit of golf in the States. Enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I obviously prefer Ireland to play golf in, but um, for weather, you can't beat North America, you know, so here and, you know, it's a different game. So, you know, there's no wind, there's no rain, you know, so it's a different game. Yeah, but. yeah. As I said before, anytime, anytime I'm playing golf, I'm blessed, you know. Well, and and uh, the Lynx golf that uh, that you have in Ireland, and and we don't have nearly enough of it over here, in my opinion. Uh, that's pretty special to play that as well. Get a taste of Lynx golf, and it's pretty sweet. Terry, we were um, we were in Ireland for three weeks at uh, Christmas. Our daughter had a had a child, and. Um, I have a friend who's a member in Port Marnock, the place you play the Vision Cup in. So we played out there, and the rain was coming in horizontally at uh, 100 miles an hour. It was not a happy experience. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, you, you hear of, of the weather like that. I've, I, I guess I played uh, in weather like that in Scotland one year, and it was actually snowing or sleeting. And, uh, and we played through it. And, but I, had, I could hardly swing. I had three layers of clothes on, a beanie, you know, to keep a toque to keep my head warm. And uh, 
but we we were playing with a lady who was uh the rep at one of the local distilleries so we had a lot of antifreeze that day and uh to this day i don't think i could tell you what i shot but it was a it was a memorable day do you either of you have a favorite professional golfer man or woman i or think both? i have a soft spot for rory McElroy. I remember seeing him on TV as a young little fella shooting golf balls into a washing machine, and I thought, I've got to follow this fellow. <laughs> I'd be a, a, a big fan of Corey Carrington. I'm sure you heard of him. He did, he did, I think he won, he won the seniors last year in, in the States, you know, and he won the seniors open in, in Britain. You know, he's a fine golfer. We met him a few times, you know. And, and he's, he's doing very well on the champions uh, tour right now I hear as well he's he's hitting it as far as he ever did and just absolutely loving it you're somewhere you're going out for dinner the two of you what's your favorite restaurant meal what are you going to be looking for on the menu I love a really good Indian meal coconut coconut chicken mm, interesting. I'm in heaven as far as I did I'd be a, a ribeye steak person and mushrooms, you know. Look here. Well, guys, listen. It's been great having you on. Uh, really want to thank you. And uh, we, I know I, I can speak on Darren's behalf when I say we're really looking forward to seeing you guys again. Probably uh, Darren will see you before I will, maybe, but see you in Saskatoon or warm, and I guess at the Legends. So. Uh, really looking forward to that. And uh, again, it was a pleasure to be your teammate in Sawgrass, Julie and Pierce, and uh, had such a wonderful time that day. And we even won our point, which is good. So thanks so much again for coming on. Good luck to you guys on your tournaments in the States and uh, South Africa. South Africa, darn. You know, I hope you do well. Darren, before we skate, thanks again, Julian Pierce. Before we skate on out of here, why don't you thank our sponsors for us? Absolutely. Without them, we couldn't do what we do. So we thank uh, AMI for their support, as always. CCB National, CNIB Foundation, all our Lions clubs across Canada. And I have to reach out for some special new sponsors we have. Robertson Bulk Sales and protocol and sastel as well as westjet and last but not least i always thank isps handa for their support well thank you much very much darren for that and remember everyone at blind golf canada you can still play this has been the blind golf canada podcast don't forget to subscribe on youtube and your favorite podcast platforms thanks for tuning in